Good people of Los Angeles, welcome back to another digital episode of the FCFC pod. We are not in the backyard, but what we are is in the company of Lauren Terry. That's right, LT in the building, in her building, while we're in our buildings with backgrounds, some of us, no backgrounds, other of us. What do we get into? You know, we're going to get into the cameras. You know, we're going to get into the angles, work in the angles, working in between the goalposts as a goalkeeper in college. Whoa, look out world. Here comes Lauren coming onto the pitch after everyone leaves the performance center because she's leading all these games, the staff games that I always want to play but never get invited to. Thanks, guys. Lauren talks about her career coming in through the game of soccer, rising, making wonderful videos that we're all so privileged to be a part of and telling her story in general. We're really lucky to have her. We're also lucky to have wonderful Patreon patrons. Josh Bice, who are these people that are allowing us to make all these videos over and over again and helping us ramble as hard as we can ramble? Thanks, Dweez. Well, today's Patreon shout outs go to the dirty boy himself, Walter Nishinaka, 3252 Aaron Carter. Let's go. And we also have the coolest new tattoos of the North End, Ford Wagner. I see you with all your, your birds on your forearms. I appreciate your support, man. Thank you for all the Patreon subscribers. You help us do what we do. Thanks, guys. Slim, you want to hit him with the warning? Ladies and gentlemen, we are still dickheads, and there will be profanity this episode. So if you're around children or at work where you shouldn't be listening to profanity, it's probably a good time to stop listening. Uh, you guys all suck. Fuck you. <laughs> Yay. We'll see you two, 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 two. Oh, I should have mentioned that. In yeah, you don't have to oh, waste well. an invite on me. I'm just showing up. FCFC. <laughs> <laughs> To the FCFC pod, where two scholars and a dickhead look at the world through a black and gold tinted lens. It's your favorite fat Korean. I'm still here, hopefully COVID free. I still got to get tested, but feeling better, feeling great. We got under me in the Northern Lights, big dweez. <laughs> it's just the wind blowing. I'm pretending that we're outside, trying to get you guys the elements here. I already see what kind of mood Dweez is in today. This is going to be a goofy-ass pod. <laughs> and we got Ho Chi Minh hair, Mr. Lee Win of Still in L.A., Mr. Josh Spice in the building today. I haven't left, y'all. I have not departed. I'm still stateside, unlike our big brother Lee. So much love to you. We miss you, Lee Win. But uh, I'm holding it down for all the bearded yeah. uh, headbands out there. <laughs> And we have a very special guest tonight. I mean, someone who, you know, as supporters, there are, are days that 
that are fond in our memories, but we, you know, it's kind of hazy. Um, and people like this individual remind us of those memories and they, they tell our story. And we wanted her to come on and tell her story. We have Lauren Terry on the Zoom tonight. That's my sound effect. I'm pretending we're in the backyard. <laughs> we will all be in the backyard again soon, one day, and Lauren will be there. So happy to have you, Lauren. Thank you for being here. Yeah. You so for in our show, we always hit people with the first the first question. It's usually the same one, and I'm gonna hit you with it. It's the oldest football memory of Miss Lauren Terry. Can you be so kind as to reveal that for the good listeners? Yeah, um, <laughs> this could be very uh, inspirational or this could be very depressing. We can do both. We'll start with yeah. inspirational. Uh, I think that's like exactly what we do on our <laughs> podcast. We go for inspirational and depressing, usually at the same time. Those are like my two favorite emotions. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like these stories segue pretty well into each other anyway. So um, yeah, inspiring. Obviously the 99 Women's World Cup team, like you can't beat it. Just ugh, everything about it. Brandy Chastain with the uniform in the air, sliding in on her sports bra. I think every young girl had that poster in their room at the time. I had me a ham all over my wall. Um, yeah, so that team definitely inspired me to want to love the sport and play it day in and day out and just truly you know want to live football live soccer so yeah that was uh that's definitely my first memory but first personal sad memory yes um, yes yeah, playing really young you know I wanted to be the Mia Hams and the uh the forwards of my team I was not very fast. I wasn't very good at that, obviously. And, you know, young kids, they, they always want to score goals, right? Well, our keeper didn't show up one day and she started consistently not showing up. And my coach like pulls me over and he's like, Lauren, if you don't start running more, like you're going to have to be our goalkeeper. And I was just like, I don't want to, I really don't want to. And uh, yeah, later that half, he just pulled me out and he was like, you know, we're done. Like you're, you're not going to be on, on the field anymore. You're a new keeper, go in there. And he threw me in and then um, I never left the net ever after that. So, you know, it's good and it's bad. It, it kind of crushed a dream, but it also um, started a new one as well. Cause I played all the way through college as a keeper. So it worked out but man so you made a you made a home you made a home for yourself in the in the goal at one way or another I mean you wanted to score goals and now you were in the goal and that kind of worked out in that sense yeah yeah <laughs> so we needed more goalie representation on the podcast so Lauren Terry out here true I, actually I love that that's here with us I, all the time now that I'm thinking about it I don't know that we've ever had like any level of goalie much less someone who played goalie at the level that Lauren played goalie, but I, I'm I'm my, my mind's escaping me. Did anyone else was goalie? Jeff? I don't think anyone. I know Julio, First goalie. El Chiva Chiva Mayor um, plays goalie on like the kind of uh, the pickup direct the pickup leagues that he's he's a part of in the valley. But you know what, Lauren, I'm pushing you straight to the top for the list. First, hey, the, first the FCFC, choice keeper. Let's FCFC go. winning eleven. First choice keeper, Miss Lauren Terry. <laughs> 
that's what that's what the that's the name of the podcast right there we already got we're like two minutes in and we got the name of the pod first choice keeper lt (laughs) wait but i know that that's not completely well i know i know that in your career you've you've played more positions because i have these memories of leaving the performance center or having to stay there extra after hours or whatever to get an interview or to talk to Seth or something. And I would see you join in these short-sighted games with other LAFC staffers. I remember John Thorrington jumping in sometimes. I'm sure more, more people uh, jumped into those games, but you were always in the mix, right? Like I feel like I always saw you playing. Oh yeah. These not so secret staff games that happen after first team training, they are Oh my gosh. I live for these. I like self-proclaim myself as staff game commissioner because every once in a while, like you just, you'd go without playing because no one would really bring it up. So I'd just be like, all right, boys, like we're playing, like, sorry, it's happening today. So whether they wanted to or not, uh, they usually would, (laughs) but yeah, super fun. I mean, there are no keepers in it because it is short-sighted. So I try to bring out my forward skills again. Um, Sometimes it, it works. Yeah, you came full circle. I mean, think about it. You're playing on a professional training pitch. Uh, that little Lauren's dream of playing a striker, playing playing out in the field, she she gets that dream because of how she excelled in the goal. But so wait, like, give us more about your your soccer career. This is amazing. I I don't, I don't think I actually knew that you played in college. Where did you yeah. play? Um, I went to Vanguard University. Um, it's a really tiny school in Orange County. Um, I grew up in Orange County, so I always kind of knew Vanguard was there. Um, and it was a soccer opportunity that got presented to me and I took it and I played all four years. I started all four years. It was a lot of fun. I don't want to toot my own horn, but (laughs) I was all right. I was decent. Clean sheets, clean sheets. She had clean sheets, guys. That's what she's saying about tooting the horns. This is a, this is a first choice keeper with clean sheets. (laughs) That's four-year varsity, baby. Come yeah, on. Yeah, Matt Liner can't say that. I'm thinking about other <laughs> Southern California college collegiate grads, but they can't say that. Hell yeah, yeah I'm with it. <laughs> so born and raised in Orange County, played in Orange County. What did you have like favorite kind of phases of your playing career? Was it in college or did you enjoy kind of like the high school days? I assume maybe did you also play club in SoCal? Yeah, so I mean, when I say I lived in Orange County, I did up until a certain point, and then I actually moved to the Inland Empire um, in high school, but I was still playing club in Long Beach, so I was actually commuting four to five times a week as a teenager, and looking back on that now, like, I get upset when I have to drive to, like, you know, downtown LA from Long Beach for my work commute, and I'm like almost 30 and I'm in the car and I'm like, this is so stupid. Like you gotta be kidding me. But then I think about it and I'm like, I got my license the day I turned 16 because my mom didn't want to drive me anymore, you know? And so like, I was so good four to five times a week driving from Corona to Long Beach for club practice and like games and stuff like that. So that- that's a multi-day a week thing, right? Like we're talking a couple of days a week training and then games, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And like games would be in um, like South Orange County, even. So like the toll roads, I- I'm like best friends with the toll roads. <laughs> I've been on every freeway and exit. I probably played off of every exit in Southern California you can think of. Um, so yeah, that's what I mean when I say I grew up in Orange County because I essentially was there probably more than my own bed in Corona. Um, yeah. yeah, I think my favorite time though was um, 
probably college. I mean, those are the, those are the relationships that you make too, that last forever. I'm not exactly close to too many people in high school anymore, but those girls that I met day one of freshman year that were on the, uh, on the team with me, they're still my best friends. You know, one of them is going to be my maid of honor in my wedding next year. So Oh, wedding hey, next year. Bro, 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 bro. Oh, bro, 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 bro. Hey. Look at that oh. ring. She's showing the ring for all the people at home. She's showing the ring. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. It, he did a good job. Funny story about this ring. I'll, I'll go off on this now. Um, no, we go. We, this is where we wanted to go. Let's go. <laughs> um, so the night I got proposed to um, while engaged, I said yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Semantics. Nope. Leaving the, leaving the listeners hanging. The night I got engaged was the night um, LAFC was playing. Um, who did we win? 3-1. Club America? Yes. Was it that game, right? I believe, yeah, yeah. Oh, don't um, worry. I remember you jumping on a Roscoe's IG afterwards. Yeah, we don't have to bring that up. I was a little intoxicated at that Don't point. worry. We all were intoxicated, Laura, with yeah. the spirit of winning right. and a little bit of libations. <laughs> For the people that didn't see Rich's story, though, that I jumped on, um, I was so stoked because one, the boys won. And I was like, oh, thank you guys. Like, that's such a nice engagement gift. That's really sweet. But this ring that I got, it's a three stone ring. And so in the moment, I was like, oh, they scored a goal for every diamond I had. (laughs) (laughs) This is for me. I was so happy. and you can only imagine how far I took that on Rich's story. So, um, yeah, that was that was funny. Hell no, yeah, that was That's like one actually of... exactly what they did. Like, I'm pretty sure your fiance called Carlos Vela and was like, "Hey, there's oh, yeah. three diamonds on this motherfucker. I need y'all to put three in." Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I believe it. <laughs> Save up for the third, gentlemen. If you if if you're trying to propose, we the, the the club needs more goals like that. Come on. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, at least three diamonds, guys. Come on, get your get your lives together. <laughs> so, Lauren, you're getting married. What's that like? Yeah, but planning uh, a wedding during a pandemic. How's yeah, that? Pandemic wedding planning. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. Um, it, that's essentially what it is. Planning a wedding in a pandemic is not something I anticipated doing. Um, it's weird. It's super weird. It's a little restricting. We hope we push the date out far enough. Um, you know, you guys keep asking ironic questions. Today, ironically, is the day. A year from now, we're getting married. We do have a date. It's on two two twenty two. So two 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 two. Boop Yeah. So I mean, we we're hopeful, as is anybody in the world, with how everything's going on right now. Hopefully, things start getting better, and you know, we can have the wedding we really want to have in February of next year. If that's not how it goes, then that's not how it goes. And we're prepared for that. But yeah, it's um it's challenging. But we're we're such a chill couple that we're just we're like, oh, we need a venue. Okay, we picked this one. We already picked one in downtown LA. We're like date cool check. Like we're just we're flying through it. So it's okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But the what's but your the re- what's your fiance's name? Yeah. Alex. Alex. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. And, and uh, What's the story? Is Alex a big footy head too? You just fall fall in love with either cameras or or the footy things together? How, how did that happen? <laughs> um, no, he actually had, I don't think he had ever seen a game before we started dating. He's super into hockey. He's a hockey guy. We're both like giant Ducks fans. Mm. The Blue Kings, sorry. Whoa, um, whoa. 
Yeah, I could be looking for sponsorships right now. So Dutch or Kings, if you want to close, close your ears, Parkita. Close your ears. Um, yeah. So anyway, I mean, he's a huge sports fan. And when we started dating, um, I was working at our neighbors down south at the time. Um, and so I started taking him to games and he fell in love and he bought a jersey because he was like so stoked about it. And then I mean, when I eventually made the transition over here, he's gone to like every game since then. So he's a fan now for sure. And he follows it and he like tries to chat EPL with his like coworkers at work. So um, I mean, it's essentially it's kind of competition with hockey and soccer. Like we're kind of competing for that, like last sport that matters in America. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. Soon you guys are going to once you guys get married, you're going to have to pick a side. Yeah. <laughs> what, what are the yeah. sides? Oh, hockey, hockey, and footy. Okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah. We're we're competing for the last place, so you know. No, I think I think these two sports can rise together. They they can rise and just no. There the can room. only be one. Okay. <laughs> we're about the spirit of competition. Someone has to die. I mean that that looks like baseball right now. Baseball keeps shit in the bed like they are. Other than the Dodgers, shout out the Dodgers because y'all are good. But hey, Toad, I don't like that positive shit, Josh. Talk, no, talk not, shit like not. I would talk shit on the Yankees if they won. Don't come in here with that positive bullshit, dude. I don't know if y'all know this about, about the difference between Sam and I here, but Sam is um, Sam is a hater. Um, I'm more of I'm more of just a, a peacemaker, a uniter, and so um, I'll never be like you. I don't know what the fuck you're trying to say, bro. Come on, you're a New Yorker. It's in your soul, bro. To it's be from Jersey, bro. Like, Jersey, let's go. Uh, all of a sudden, Wait, now you're Jersey. from Jersey, bro. All of a sudden. <laughs> Times it was Queens, 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 and now I'm just hearing about the Jers. Hood hop. You know, 2020 Josh would have allowed this to just laugh along and just skirt along, but I will say, actively, I promote equally New Jersey and Queens. Oh, you active out here? Actively out there. I'm an active support. (laughs) Wait, Josh, are you Rangers or New Jersey Devils? Boy, you know I'm a. I, I gotta support the three-time Stanley Cup champion, New Jersey Devils, baby. Martin Marty Brodeur didn't do it, baby. Come on, we all know. Two thousands, we all know. All right, I have no but idea what not, he's talking about. You're not from New York, then. Now Lawrence confused now, bro. You gotta figure this out. I think I pulled. I, I pulled. I pulled a Lauren Terry IE to OC. I was going to to Queens okay, okay, like okay. three, four times a week during yeah. the during the week. But uh, yeah, I got I got love for both, man. Well, yeah, that works. Well, that's fine. Wait, so if Lauren, you were you were already doing the hockey thing before before you met your fiance, already the soccer thing. Did you grow up with all sports and a love for all sports, or why? You know, in addition to the the golden memories of '99, the '99ers, like where where was your sports kind of affinities oh. and your love, and did you play all these different sports, or was it just sort of restricted to soccer? This is my mom's like favorite story to tell like my new friends who are trying to get to know me and they're like, this is how you'll get to know Lauren and I'm just like, oh my God. Um, One, I love sports. So I'll go watch anything. I'm all for it. Like grew up a Ducks fan. That was probably what my family and I went and watched the most. Um, Went and watched the women's team at StubHub Center all the time when I was little. Um, Yeah, love sports, but I think it, the competitiveness in me started and this is my mom's story and I briefly remember it she really wanted me to be like the princess like la 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 like ballet girl because she was a dancer um so she put me in a ballet when I was really 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 small and I had my first recital 
And I think I have video of it, but we're doing our first recital. It's to the Little Mermaid soundtrack and everything's going fine. And it's like a couple minutes in and it's little like four-year-olds, you know, just doing their little like swirls and whatever. But then like, we're young. So girls start like forgetting the routine, right? Well, if they're getting in my way, I started like knocking them out of the way and I was like pushing them over and like in my like four-year-old brain, I'm sure I was thinking like, you like brat, like get out of my way. Like you're stealing the spotlight from me. And so I was like actually knocking over these girls off the stage and like parents like came up to my mom and they were like, your daughter is not allowed to come here again. Like she is too aggressive, blah, blah, blah. And so, yeah, that's just kind of how it went. And they actually like banned me from the studio. <laughs> and no, you're actually got a band. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So my mom put me, she was like, well, I guess you're a competitive sport girl. Like, what do you want to do? And so they had ASO like practices that week and I tried out and it was fun. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, we, now we know why supporters get along with you so well, Lauren, because we've been banned from places as well. And we know it feels <laughs> like it's a drive to survive, baby. And I'm with you 1000%. Yeah, the best get banned. I mean, we all got banned from playing in that indoor space. So, uh, you know, <laughs> it is what it is sometimes. You know, like sometimes the things that some of these organizers for uh -huh. events do, I'm just like, I everyone else saw it coming but you guys, you know? Yeah. But it was so much fun. It was it was so much fun. That adrenaline. I was like, oh, is someone gonna get stabbed tonight? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, so much fun, but don't put that many people with free access to alcohol in one indoor area. Yeah. Oh my god. We, we're we're, like, we're talking right. about the base. We're talking yeah. about the base. And we're, yeah. we're talking about hey, like, all right, like who's gonna scream louder in each other's faces? Like, are you gonna be louder? Are you gonna be louder? Get closer, get closer so you guys can hear each other. It was the, it was just set up for disaster <laughs> oh, and it was great. Yeah. And I just came across an old video too on my phone of like after one of the matches that we won and uh, Ben Chi was like our coach. And so he's like there in his like street clothes, but we're like all in our uniform and like we're doing the shalala with the fans like through the fence. And that was like such a fun, fun time because as someone who's like behind the scenes at games, I never get to experience that part. And so being able to just do it and kind of feel like a supporter myself was like so much fun. So those were some of like the best times of me working at LAFC was like over there playing. Uh, that was great. That was let's uh, let's pull back a little bit because the biggest. Wait, is that Siri? No, my sorry. Siri. Wait, Josh, sorry. I didn't hear you. Can you repeat Jesus. that? That's, that's horrifying. I, I'm literally next to that thing like 10 hours a day. Anyway, let's pull back a little bit because I think the biggest regret I have with FCFC is that we have not fully covered the night of the staff game at the base LA, Adidas LA correctly. Because I think that's one of the foundational moments of LAFC history and supporter history because it was so many wrong things happened in like this powder keg of all the shit that could go down at the same time. Lauren touched on it for a second there, but let's just set the stage for our listeners. Okay, so... Adidas, the base LA, this place downtown was host that huge indoor soccer gym, right? And then they have like tournaments between the cool kids of LA who are like a part of different um, cool companies. Beat by Dre was there, Tesla was there, right? SpaceX was there, and they all made teams. And it was kind of like an it crowd to be there, like young Angelinos who like wanted to uh, dress up in streetwear and show off their retro kits. Like shout out Drew Medina was like flossing on everybody. Shout out Ray Naldinho was out there flossing on everybody. 
But eventually, I think it was a little further um, after the beginning, the LAFC staff created their own team, as did Carson. And um, news got out that we had been looking, circling this calendar date for weeks, but the LAFC staff was going to play the Carson staff in downtown LA. And in supporter world, Lord, I don't know if you're aware of all this stuff, but like we had heard Carson, uh, the front office was going to bus up supporters to support their, 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 their girls and guys out there playing. And we're like, well, most of us live five minutes away from the, the base LA. So we're going to bring the noise and we're going to bring our people. And um, the energy was freaking live, man. Lauren, what was it like for you to like the, cause they were blasting like music. Everyone's drinking by the way, like, you know, Heineken is being poured out hard liquor is there as well. Everyone's dressed to the nines, but also like maybe some people got like wrapping their knuckles in some things, you know, make getting ready for some things. So what was it like for you to like, I remember you getting ready for it. Like what's your, what's your headspace like? Yeah. Um, where do I even start it? I mean, I mean, I stand by what I said as far as, you know, some people made some bad decisions. Uh, the night probably could have gone so much better on both ends. But aside from that, like it was, a really rad experience for the few minutes that we did get to play. But even like before that, um, and like I said earlier, anytime getting to be in the base and play like that, it just felt like it was a home match for LAFC. And like, you know, like I said, like I don't get to be a supporter in the stands. So it's kind of that moment for me to just like really enjoy being there and like not have to worry about working or, you know, capturing content. So I think just, being there was a lot of fun but the crowd was like crazy like it was it felt like a club it was hot it was sweaty there were too many freaking people there like too many and yeah I, I mean I can't say it again like I don't think that <laughs> it should have gone the way that it did um but like I guess it the positive side is it shows you the passion of the two groups, I suppose. If you want to look at the positive side. <laughs> what a lovely politically correct answer. I love how you circled back to the safe, the safe yeah, zone. Yeah, but it really does because, you know, there's those supporters from both sides and we're just a bunch of like idiot front office workers wanting to play and like kind of relive our glory days a little bit and like show off our skills. And we have like, these really fun supporters out there like supporting us and you know you kind of feel like a player in that sense so it really really was a fun time um people got carried away but it was a lot of fun. <laughs> I think afterwards yeah. too after was I mean just as crazy and yeah sure. like having to get like escorted to my car did I need oh, yeah. it probably not but like having to like have to have someone say like do you feel safe do you want to walk to your car i was like um sure just let me get home i want to go back to long beach <laughs> <laughs> oh man just like talking about it i just i'm just remembering how much fun it was <laughs> it was so much fun man it really was so but with that being said i wouldn't you know i'll get in trouble violence don't play that game i was yes. i was upset i was upset that some people got carried away Sure, I sure. names. I don't know who it was. I don't know who started what. But it's probably passion level of <laughs> <laughs> on the Patreon. We'll drop names of who started, who instigated the fights. None of us, by the way. Um, okay, but uh, the 
the passion point you're talking about, Lauren, like I, and I think my feelings really echo so many of the supporters who are there that day, but like, I remember seasons one and two, loving to, to, to support and cheer for like Walker and Latif and Diego, because they, they feed off your energy. You can feel them feed off your energy and like they reciprocate. I have sincerely, I've never been as proud to support LAFC as I was cheering for you guys inside that little cage. Like you, Pat, Benchy looking like Pep Guardiola out here, like doing stupid <laughs> shit, bald fraud over here, you know? And it was just so beautiful. Cause I'm like, not like, usually there's some distance between the people we support, but here there's nothing right there. Might as well not be in cage. Cause we're like, we know every single person who was like out there hustling and, and, and busting their butt out there. So yeah, much love to you guys. That, that was an awesome time for us too. I love it. And that makes us feel like super loved too. Like knowing that you guys like want to take time out of your Thursday night to come and hang out with us. And like, you guys know us by name. Like we know you guys like taking photos with you guys is really fun. Like as silly as, as it sounds, like it was kind of our like moment to shine and it really, really did feel super awesome. And so we really did feel the love and support. So I do miss playing. I really do miss being there a lot. <laughs> Hopefully I'm, we don't get you guys banned there in the future. <laughs> I'm this I'm this quiet because I missed it. So Slim, Slim, if you want to make fun of me for missing that night, then uh, now's your chance. Honestly, it's man, my, I, it's my Seattle. I'm not allowed to fucking make fun of anyone for missing anything. Like, leave me alone about it, guys. Like, I get it. I wasn't there. Like, it makes me sad too. Stop pouring salt on my wounds. Um, and on that note, let's take our first break. P time. Back here, FCFC Pod, here with Lauren Terry Media LLC. She's finally agreed to join us. We're we're so honored to have her across digital screens now, unfortunately, but um, hopefully soon soon uh, soon enough in the backyard. But um, Lauren, we were talking about bands just before this, and um, want to take it down a, a slightly different direction. But um, ninety nine, Brandy Chastain takes off her kit, reveals a sports bra to many many young girls like you. Um, it's a source of incredible inspiration, of of grit and determination one of the prominent statues now, right? In front of the Rose Bowl next to Jackie Robinson. Like, how incredible is that? But um, for the shut up and dribble crowd, right? There was a lot of backlash on Brandy on, um, on, on a woman's role in sports, a woman's role model in sports, what should be teaching, teaching young girls. But for you as someone who's played all these years throughout, like, and, and growing up with the game, like, how have you seen coverage around women in sports, women in media, and women in football kind of change as, as you've grown up with it? It's growing. Um, there's still a ways to go. Um, and that's with anything. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's, I think there's a sense of hope when you hear those stories about people being influenced by certain individuals and how they're going to propel the way that they work and live and portray their lifestyle in front of people. Um, everyone's going to accomplish what they want to do in their own way. Um, but as far as being a female in the industry, it's all about the connections that you make. Um, and yeah, it's, 
it's hard like talking about it and I, I figured this was going to come up but I always get a little uh I always get a little I don't really know what to say because you know I'm living this life day to day mm. and I see that there's definitely um bounds being made as far as coverage goes and um it just you know <laughs> it's it's difficult to want to it's difficult to want to be the change when I feel sometimes like I can't do as much as I want to do if that makes any sense um like I want to constantly uplift young women and young kids uh, as much as I can but I can only do it with the resources I'm given so then in that sense I need to find ways to make my own opportunities and in that sense, there's obstacles that need to be overcome, you know? And so every day is just another building block to try and make this, um, this industry a place that is more equal. And when I talk about it, I just feel like I kind of run on about it because it's the only way I can describe it is when you think about stuff like this, like your mind just like wants to explode. It's just like, it's like, where do you even begin? Um, mm -hmm. So I think it's just back to, you know, seeing Brandy Chastain ripping her uniform off. It's like, that's such a small thing that was like a huge catalyst for people to want to do bigger and better things in the industry for women. Um, and so I only hope that when I'm like doing my job, it inspires a girl to want to do things that she might not think are possible, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, I think so, on, yeah, on that note, you're, you're saying on um, using the re your resources to inspire in the way that you can. And I think the, the reality of the situation for most media teams and most, um, I think most organizations is that women talent are the first are most visible are like on camera talent right on camera principles but the the amount of women working under the like under the line like behind the scenes is is something that's a story that's been fairly untapped and you'll you're have a really interesting kind of role in our life looking into you because we're like oh that's sick like lauren is just like out there like um like just with the crew just running running um, running every single game and kind of running match days but for you, like what inspired you to get um, get into the kind of media behind the scenes portion of it and be behind the camera um, when uh, when there wasn't a lot of uh, kind of representation of that before? Yeah, I'll get to that. But first, I want to like go back to what you said about, you know, maybe it not being so visible as far as like what women are doing, what in the sports world. And that really like strikes me in a way because for example, I mean, this is a story that I've told a few people. It's just bringing awareness to people because sometimes people are just caught in their own everyday life, uh, you know, routines and understandings of how the world works. <laughs> and sometimes they need to be like slapped upside the head and be like, sorry, that's not actually how it goes. And for example, I was on an away trip and I was getting lunch before the match. So I was by myself when I go on away trips, I'm usually by myself or with a PR person. But at this time I was in a restaurant and I was sitting next to this guy, like at the bar, like eating my food. And I had a jacket on like this, that had like the LAFC logo on it. Right. And, uh, he like starts talking to me and we're just chatting and it's very small talk. And then he notices my jacket and 
I forget what city we were in, but he was a fan of that home team's soccer team. And so he's like, oh, you, you work for LAFC. And I was like, yeah, I do. Um, that's why I'm here. I'm here for work. And he goes, oh, that's cool. Um, what are you, the team secretary? And I was just like, <laughs> I didn't really know what to say. I was just like, there's so many things that you can ask me. What do I do for this team? And you're going to ask that. Yes, I could have been a team secretary, but the way that he asked it was kind of demeaning, you know, and it's just like, it's that, again, it's that sense of awareness that people just don't really have of what females can do one in the world, but two in the sports industry. And so that was like, really, that just like hurt me. Cause I was like, what am I doing to like, not let people know that like, I can be badass and I can do anything I want to do, even though I'm a girl, like I'm going to go ahead and like do whatever I want. So, um, yeah, so that was, so. It's real for sure. I mean, I think to that point, it's like, even like as people like actively in this group, trying to be more resourceful and be more knowledgeable about everybody that we are not, you know, I think the small talk situations and what we allow to just get to, to pass into our everyday conversations, the people we're trying to get to know is, you know, problematic in, in a lot of ways because we still are not aware enough about people who are uh, unlike us, you know? And I think that's, that is a sad reality. And I think a lot of today's day and age is about like, do your own research, do your own work, but because horrible situations like what happened to you on this away, they keep happening and keep coming up because people are not utilizing um, other platforms where they don't sound exactly like you or look exactly like you, right? Yeah, it's, sure. I'm sorry that happened to you. That sucks. Yeah, I mean, it's sad to say, but you get used to it. But on the complete opposite side of that spectrum, same exact thing, different city, but a girl, small talk, blah, blah, blah. Oh, you work for LAFC. Yeah, I do. Um, oh, are you, are you one of the team coaches? And I was just like, you know, it's just like, you know, people have their heads in different places sometimes. And it's just like, you have to, sometimes you have to think outside the box. So um, yeah, so that's how it is. But, you know, to go back into what you originally asked, you know, what initially got me into it is one, my love for soccer, for the sport. Um, and I went to school to do video. Um, but yeah, you, it was almost like a, um, it was like a challenge for me because like everything we're talking about right now, you don't see women like behind the camera you see plenty of women as reporters, which that is like its own thing. And I was telling you guys earlier, like, I do not ever want to do that. That is a hard freaking job. I have like one of my close friends, Jabrina at the club, like she kills it, but we talk about our stories all the time. And like, that is hard. So, you know, you see girls in front of the camera, but not necessarily behind it. And so I've always been someone that always wanted a challenge and it's the competitive side of me, I guess. And, um, you know, I was like, well, let's, let's try it. Let's try to be a videographer in sports. And at the time I had no idea what I was getting myself into. <laughs> it was definitely um, a rude awakening, but I wouldn't change it for the world at all. It's, it's been, it's been a dream. <laughs> Was really. there was there something about video though? Like what? Why video and not all the other avenues? Like, is there something that drew, drew you to studying that and then pursuing it? It's funny that you're the one asking me that because you're going to be so upset. Um, 
I'm not going to be upset. Yeah, you might. I initially went into college as a journalism major because in high school, I worked for like the school magazine. Like I was a total nerd, like loved it. Like I did all the editing, some writing, like whatever. I was like, I'm going to be a journalist one day. And then I got to college and I did one semester and I was like, this is literally the worst thing in the entire world. I do not ever want to do this again. I don't want to write anything. I can't do it anymore. And I just like, I stopped. I couldn't. It is the, is the worst thing in the entire world. This girl, please save yourself. If you ever want to put pen to paper, just put the pen back into the case and put the paper away. This is a brave world of 3D objects. Don't get lost in the sauce. Look at me. I'm a best example of what can happen when you get lost in the sauce. Look at my goddamn beard. Yeah. That's why we hire people like you to do the things we don't want to do. So. But vice versa, like, that's why people want me to do video because they can't or don't want to do it. Um, so yeah, I was a journalism major, but I had to take like a video course as like a, a fun class. And I just like fell in love. I was like, oh, I love this. This is great. And so I just stuck with it and no turning wow. back. And so after school, like, you know, or how do you, how do you go from college goalkeeper to, to like filming everything that I've ever been a part of at LAFC like every like I swear you're like always like always Lauren for people who don't know LT on the scene like this is she is setting up in the sun the blazing hot summer sun on the side of the performance center while like us measly journalists are like cooling off in the shade and like she's setting up getting ready she has to be there the whole time that everybody's asking questions and she's she's always in the mix and then obviously in the in the post game like fending for the spots inside of all the things and obviously the way days would probably fit into the same kind of category so she's she's omnipresent she's omnipresent at the club and if you've ever seen any any videos of any press conferences everything this is give this give this woman her credit but um yeah, like how do you wind up there doing doing what I assume is something you love or at least large parts of it, things you love after, you know, your playing career winds down? Yeah, um, that was a while ago. Um, I, this is how I always start the story. And when people hear it, they're like, here she goes again. But here she goes again. <laughs> really true. It's really true. I, I was actually trying to play semi-professionally um, I was like trying out for teams like overseas, not trying out overseas, but trying out here to play overseas. Um, and I tore my ACL. And so that was kind of a setback. And then I tried to get back into it again, tore my ACL. And then I was like, okay, well, I guess two ACLs is probably enough. Like I'm not going to play anymore competitively. Um, so I really focused on just doing like uh, freelance video work because I was still I was still in college the first time that I tore my ACL. It was like right after my senior season. Um, so I was really lucky actually in that sense because I never actually hurt myself during a season. But um, then I tore it a third time and that was, that was done. Yeah, it was just, there's no reason I should have even tried, but I wanted to play again so bad. So anyway, three torn ACLs later, I was like, okay, well, I guess that dream's pretty much over with, like we're finished there. So um yeah, I, I was at Vanguard. Um, I was actually like working on campus. I had just like gotten a job and um, I got a contact from someone at Galaxy and they had an opening for a very, very like beginner video position. And I was like, so I'm going to be completely honest. And I hope that like someone that's listening right now is like, 
holy shit, like that's actually super cool. Like, I wonder if I can do that. I had no idea like you could work in sports as a creative. And it's like such a stupid concept to think because looking back on it now, I'm like, that's dumb. But like every cool video you see in the NBA or like Major League Baseball or anything like creative, someone had to shoot it, you know? And so it's like, there's always someone behind the scenes. And so at the time, like I didn't really realize that that was a thing. And so when that was presented to me, I was like, holy cow, like I can do what I love in video, but also be involved in the sport that I was around for 19 years of my life. Why wouldn't I marry the two and do it for a living? So um, yeah, I got the opportunity and stuck with it. And Wow. So you, so you like, and then you worked in Carson and then you worked straight for LAFC. And so it's just been, you've been in this sport since you started playing this sport, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I was doing freelance wedding editing and hated it. Like those people, if they're doing it, it's because they like it or they're making a lot of money because (laughs) it is a crazy thing to do. Um, Yeah. So just kind of right out of school, pretty much just wow. been an MLS, yeah. I mean, that's a big, I think that aha moment you had, Lauren, when you're like, you you kind of piece together like, oh, every cool video you see from your favorite team is made by someone like me, you know? And I think if anyone was to walk away, especially a young kid or even maybe an older person was like, wants to make some kind of career shift, like there's people behind your favorite things. And I think even when I was trying to, I love commercials my entire fucking life, you know? And when I, the moment I realized like, someone had to be writing these things behind the scenes. I like something like shattered in my head where I was like, yes, like, how do I be a part of that? And I think that's super cool, especially in a city with so many damn sports teams, right? There's going to be a place if, um, if your stuff is great enough. And if, even if you can't work directly for the team, like the ecosystem of all the content creators and all that, that make fandom so awesome in um, sports is, is it's never been better, right? 2021 and beyond. Yeah. Yeah. And there's levels to this shit. Like, other MLS supporters that I know like will hit me and be like, yo, I, I wish our media team would make sick shit like this. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, yeah. Like, it's it's different. And, it, it you know, it's probably a whole bunch of things. Like, of course, LAFC did a great job of hiring, but it's also, like you said, we're, we're in a land of, like, so many sports teams. Like, but even amongst all those, like, our media team is kicking all their asses. Oh, so sure. shout out to you guys. Like it's, you know, like, like I said, like a lot of the time with supporters, like on match days, we don't watch the match. So we have to go watch the match at home. And then like a month later, we don't remember what the hell went on really that day. It was just like, it was a good time, but it was a blur, like I said. And then we go back and we're like, oh yeah, like that shit was tight. <laughs> In this subjective art of like cool videos and the best content out there. The one barometer I've had from since I was like forever is like, does this content make me jealous that I didn't was not responsible for it, right? And so it's only happened like a few times in outside of LAFC. It was like Chicago Fire twice, NYCFC four times, and Vancouver once. Like that's literally, and I'm like on, on, on 10 fingers, I can count them. It's such a surreal experience be, for to be an LAFC supporter because every single damn video makes me be so damn proud and envious and yet at the same time like i own this thing together with with everyone and you guys do an incredible job of of, of repping us and repping the club and like straight up i don't think there's any question that lafc is the best media team 
in MLS for damn sure, in global soccer, yes, and maybe American sports as well. So like, yeah, shout out, kudos to you guys always. Shout out to you, Marcus, um, uh, AC, Yuli, all those guys. Yuli, <laughs> Bernard, let's get them all. Yeah, oh my God, incredible. We got Will. There's a, it's a good, it's a really cool, great group of guys. Um, I say guys, quite literally, it's a bunch of guys and me. <laughs> but um, it, it, you brought up something and uh, it made me think like, I think the cool thing about working at LAFC is all of us in the digital team, we all have such different backgrounds as far as our professional, like creative resumes go. Um, I'm always, or I was always used to seeing clubs, you know, working at a club um, that had people from very strictly only working in sports backgrounds. And I think the beauty of LAFC is we have people from like fashion, we have people from, um, you know, world travel documentary, like we have people from all over that have done so many different things. So like you get those different eyes to create different content that a lot of clubs don't see. And I think that that's like the really cool special thing about our media team. Lauren, do you have any favorite favorite pieces of video that you were a part of at LAFC so far? Oh, I should have You shoot a thousand pieces, by the way. So I don't know. How <laughs> yeah, you... I know. Like you have that's what I mean. There's so many to choose from, but do any stick out? Yeah. Um, I was just gonna say that too. Like quite literally, I've probably logged thousands of I mean, a clip could be anything from 15 seconds to you know three minutes, but yeah, thousands. Um well, it could go, it could go both ways. So I think, okay, immediately, I think one of the cool things that we do at LAFC is showcasing stories outside of, you know, the, the sports realm um, and something that we do really well. And something that I really enjoy doing are these pieces that we do with individuals who are going through a struggle in their life. Um, one in particular, there was this young boy named Caleb, who was such a sweetheart. He was, um, battling bone cancer and LAFC gives these people the opportunity to come out to the performance center and watch the team practice and interact with the players and getting to shoot stuff like that that's you know not necessarily a day-to-day -day thing that's the kind of stuff that really tugs at my heart and those are the moments that really stick with you because you know I can shoot a million games, but there's only so many opportunities where I get to meet these individuals that really change my life in a way, you know? Um, so yeah, that one was super great. And it's really cool too, because these guys, the players, they're so genuine, all of them, like every single one of them, like when, when we have visitors at PC, like they will want to take time out to come and talk to them. Nothing's forced, nothing is scripted. It's super, super cool to shoot those kind of pieces. So there's stuff like that that's really great. But then, you know, also, I mean, you can't beat a game day. Like game day is my, like, that is my favorite thing to freaking shoot. I love shooting game days and because it's always going to be different. There's no, no game day is the same, you know? So um, yeah, just getting to shoot games and everything that comes with it is one of my favorite things. What about like this, uh, this whole pandemic era like what give it give us some like insights into how your life had to change with like the way you shot things and how yeah like it felt shooting shooting during the, during all of this and how games and shooting games was different and everything yeah. else you've had to adjust for yeah that 
2020 was a roller coaster, um, to say the least. You know, the very beginning, I don't think that we anticipated, nobody did anticipated how long this was going to last. So I didn't even bring home my monitor from the office for like months because I was like, oh, this is the month that we go back. And I just kept pushing it off. And I completely regret not doing that because I was editing everything off of my laptop. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so in the beginning, it was really difficult. But I think that we collectively understood that this is a time for us to focus on the fans um, a little more than we do already and bring those stories to life and get to talk to people who we might not get to speak to very often. So, and everything's virtual, you know, so that was really difficult, um, you know, recording through Zoom, having to edit everything. Josh, like, you're going to have to do this later. I get your struggle. Like, it's not fun. <laughs> There's obvious is, obstacles. Is that the worst part? Is that is is editing your least favorite part of your job? Or are there other other no. hard things that we don't see? I actually love editing. I really do. Um, if anything, it's probably what I liked most. You're and sick. Up until recently, I started doing I started enjoying shooting more, probably within the last couple of years, to be honest. So no, I really do like editing, but like those struggles are real and they're really not fun. So virtual sucks, but you, you do what you have to do. But, you know, when the season picked back up, when MLS is back tournament picked back up, I didn't actually go to that one. My coworker, Will, did. Thank you, Will, for spending a month in Florida. Shout out, Will. Shout out, Will. <laughs> Florida man. Um, Florida man will. But um, after that, I went to the majority of the away trips. But in order to do that, I like essentially lived at PC with this team and I got uh, tested every 48 hours. So every other day for like five months, four months, um, I drove to Cal State LA at 7 a.m. to go get tested. So that was honestly one of the biggest struggles is not even like my job, just having to be like so on top of going in and getting tested so that you'd make sure that you're negative, but also so that the coaches wouldn't get upset with you for missing <laughs> a day, you know? So um, that was the most difficult thing because no one's had to do that before. So we were all learning together, you know? As someone who um, is with the team for, for so many hours at a time and this COVID test procedure just made me kind of curious, like, what was your reaction? Like we had all our reactions when um, we heard that Diego and Brian had tested positive in their away in their international duties. Like, what was it like for you to like have spent all this time with them and and been so safe with COVID protocols and then to have it all kind of come crashing down like that? Yeah, um, I don't know how much I can speak to that because I mean, if I'm not, I, I think they got it while they were on international duty, right? Mm -hmm. So I think the most, the hardest thing about that was realizing like, shoot, we've gone through so much work <laughs> to try to make sure this doesn't happen. And then they go away for a little while and it happened, not on our hands, you know? And so, and it, it can happen to anybody. Like no one's really at fault here. Like it's just, right. it's just bad luck. And that just really freaking sucks. So, but at the same time, like you feel for them, like they're, they're all trying equally as hard to do the best they can to do their job but also like maintain a negative status, you know? And then when that doesn't happen anymore, like their world kind of stops and you just kind of like, you, you can't help but like feel bad, you know? Like it just really sucks. So yeah, that was really difficult. But at the same time, it just makes everybody try to work a little harder 
to be more cautious and yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I, I think it's call me a homer, but I trust the club and like from top down of like how great the protocols have been and because the messaging has been so straightforward and clear that that when when uh, we had Cheeky and Brian and um, Diego all go off to international duty, the helplessness just kind of set in. I mean, like, I know it can affect anyone, even especially here in LA, but like, just like, you're like, damn, like, we're really just like, we have no say in any of this. So no, it really was yeah. uh, sad, but um, for, for, yeah, for the team covering, I'm sure it was, it was extra, extra emphasis put on that. Yeah, for sure. But I will say, like, I don't think that the performance team gets enough credit for the work that they did go through. They did everything they could to make sure that everyone was healthy and safe. Um, and you could say they were sticklers about some things and they definitely were, but they had to be, you know, because they wanted to do their job right. So, um, yeah, like the team, like the soccer ops team over there, the health professionals, like they all really did as best as they can and they still are you know so trying to find ways of how we can make 2021 even better shout out to the performance staff i miss all you guys where you at paul where's paul i just miss seeing paul first thing in the morning at the at the performance center making fun of me and saying and not letting me into the gate and ask, acting like he didn't know who i was every yeah. week i just miss all miss seeing everybody in person i miss seeing you lauren miss everybody there um yeah and i think just like what you do, like the unsung heroes behind the camera. I think there's so many unsung heroes behind the operation that it is, that is LAFC. And one thing we try to do here is just get those people on, get people hearing what they are. So I think we should take one more break, get back with Lauren with some tea time and we will call it an evening. I'm going to get my tea. back tea time with dweez with lauren with josh with slim with hoji cha hoji cha hey yeah golden drinking that, color drinking that golden color i know lauren's got tea too lauren you're, you've been drinking tea all night what are you drinking over there girl i'm really channeling my inner inner dweezy here um i don't actually normally drink tea but it's been chilly lately and i don't want caffeine at night so i just have some herbal tea i'm a huge coffee person like huge but i, I can't drink it past like one because i'll get yeah. i'll say the bean and the leaf, we can all get along, guys. We can all get along. We don't have to choose one or the other. Come on. The bean man. versus the leaf, baby. Yeah, I'm, I'm just a pervert. That just sounded perverted to me. So <laughs> Beans what and leaves? I, I don't know, man. Was... You can... Come I've on, been inside Slim. a long time, guys. It's weird. <laughs> all right. Move on. When's the last so... time you left your house? <laughs> yeah, Slim, when is the last time you left your house? That's actually a good question because Slim, low-key, was, was sick with the cv19 there for a second and so i think he's feeling better but i don't know yeah. when was the last time you left i mean i i still like went out to like pick Parties? up parties no 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 <laughs> like just pick up food or something but um yeah other than that like for three weeks i've been pretty much at home Yeesh. well speaking of not being at home and the days when it's two two twenty two 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 when it's gonna be lauren's a uh, magical, fantastic wedding day with Alex, who's going to be great too. It's going to be a great wedding. It's going to be a great wedding. We're going to all hear about it. It's going to be amazing. Oh. Um, 
but one thing that stuck out to me, I think we were talking earlier, you were like, oh yeah, like editing wedding footage, like that's going to be so hard. And my question to you is, who is going to shoot your wedding? Or are, or are you going to have someone? So I, okay, before answering that, I had this really horrible idea where I was going to have like, the only thing that I wanted was like a sketch artist, like no photos allowed at the wedding by anyone and no cameras. And there's just gonna be one sketch artist that was gonna just like sketch different different things, but I'm, I'm not even kidding. We're gonna have one at our wedding. Really, a sketch artist? I never even knew it was a thing. I just thought I made it up. It's real. There's oh my god, really? I'm not kidding. Okay, oh I know. I know this is like a live podcast, but give me like 12 seconds. Okay. Hey, who's, who's right now? Typing? Right now? Oh, such such is actually typing. Damn, is you it? can hear that. I think it's, I think maybe if you type over. Oh, I'll go to the main house. Sorry, Sachi. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, Sachi. It's all Josh's fault. Okay. Okay, so this is really real. So. Go <laughs> minute. So my fiance and I, like, are, like I said, like, we're super chill. Like, I don't want a traditional wedding. Like, I don't want, like, party favors. Ew, I'm not spending money on that. Like, whatever. So we were like, what should we do? Like, we have to give, like, people something who come. And we have this girlfriend in our community who does these like Picasso paintings, like really fast at bars of us. We already have one of us <clears throat> two years ago. Yeah. That's so, right, awesome. So right now, for those of you who can't see, I'm looking at, we got a Lauren, we got an Alex, we got a beard, we got, we got color. We've got great, just, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. So she does these like Picasso paintings in like 20 seconds and we're gonna hire her to like come out with like colorful things that say like Walt wedding and they're gonna do like sketch paintings of like the guests and they can like donate her and stuff like donate money to her this stuff. this is it this is the idea this is the wave i'm so glad you're doing this i mean i just ended up like skipping the wedding entirely and eloping to alaska <laughs> um hence the northern lights picture in my background which was Love taken it. by uh sachi at the old at the old top of the world but um no, it was funny because I was like, while we were thinking about doing an actual, when the times we thought about doing an event, I was like, I got really gnarly. And I was like, no cameras only. Cause I just didn't, the concept of like having someone like with a camera, like it just seems stressful for the person, whoever I asked. And then like, I'm more picky about like everything basically. So I was going to like, you know, I don't know what kind of rabbit holes I would have had to go down to try to like make all this happen. But the fact that you guys are getting a sketch artist is amazing. And it kind of, eliminates the question that I was going to ask about who you're going to get to shoot the wedding well we still but, are doing that yeah okay so you can do both yeah yeah yeah, yeah. those are going to be like favors for the guests and stuff everyone um, wins look at this it's not either or it's both and I love how Dweez thought that because she had a sketch artist she wasn't going to have a video that was my idea <laughs> you're so crazy <laughs> oh, I love it yeah I love it no I'm definitely I'm going to ask people I don't have anyone in mind yet I'm I have resources, I'm sure, so I'll start reaching out. But I'm not too picky, as long as someone records it. It's okay, like, Marcus is going to do that shit pro bono. Don't even worry about it. Marcus, is, we appreciate you, man. This is the, this is the, this is the topic I want to table for the tea session, yeah. which is just, it's, it's, it's lenses. And it's like being, being behind and in front of the lens, like off, off pod. Uh, before we started recording, we talked a little bit about it. Um, and I just, I don't know, I, I think you spend so much time 
looking through a camera at the world and documenting it and filming it. And I imagine you probably take excellent photos as well, or you see that you, maybe you think about the world in like frames and when, when that's changed and when you're on the other end of it, like, A, what does that feel like? And B, like, are you particularly like thinking like, how is this person shooting this? Like if Alex grabs the photo camera and he's taking it, are you like, look, you got to like kind of move over here. I know you're chill, but like, are you kind of like, dude, do it right. Or do you, or do you, can you forget all about the work aspect of this and you can just look at photos and cameras for what they are rather than something that's part of your job always. Um, it goes two ways. One, I need to like have control. So that's why I don't like being in front of the camera. Cause I can't control that. Like, <laughs> I can't control that at all. So um, that's why I don't like it. However, you know, when I go on like vacations and stuff, people are always like, oh, you can take like the best photos and like the best videos and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I try not to take my camera out because like I want to live in the moment, you know? So um, yeah, it kind of goes both ways, I guess. But mm. yeah, I don't like being in front of it at all. <laughs> it's not my thing. <laughs> Slim, Slim and Josh, let me let me table that one to you. Are you a behind or in front of the camera type? I don't know. I, do, I, I do know. You like I taking, do you like taking photos or do you, no, do you I like hate taking, taking photos? I hate taking photos. I hate the sound of my voice. So like listening to our podcast is. No, like... no, no. Not, not photos being taken of you. I'm saying like oh. taking oh yeah no I'll, I'll take photos i'm not good at it like i got shaky smoker hands you know what i mean <laughs> spice do you have a do you have like a, a strong i mean you're talking about a man who loves film and loves movies like did you ever think about wanting to be behind the camera more and and sort of like that side of it or do you enjoy acting in your own movies <laughs> we're just players on a stage my friend players on a stage um i wish i was better at it i think i think my uh I'm, i also have shaky smoker hands but um i wanted to kind of maybe point the question back at at lauren and dweez here but like i've been a part are you of switching the camera back at us we pointed the camera you know, at we're you flipping the camera out here we're flipping the camera here is this a two-way weird two-way camera double viewfinder <laughs> ew stop with the technical shit <laughs> i don't know i just I've, making it up i don't know shit about cameras i think so i've been on set before where um my my dp and like the director is like oh that's the fucking shot like that's like they will they'll film something if some the sun's going hit at the right, right, right angle. You get the perfect expression on um, the actor's face. Like, do you remember Lauren? Like when, like, oh, like we got the shot. Like, was, is there a favorite moment of yours that you're like, yeah, we did it. Wow, that's putting me on the spot. That's what um, we do here. That's what happens when that camera's pointed at you. Dun, dun, dun. Um, see, I don't like not being in control. <laughs> what about, what about? You're not thinking of control. What about when you have you while you're on the filming end? What what have you seen that like when someone else is is the one answering questions, asking questions, interviews on the field, whatever sort of actions where they've like just not done a great job on camera, or like freaked out? Have you had moments like that where you're like, okay, we're gonna have to start all over again. We have to like wrap, or is it pretty easy now that you've been doing it for a while and you know everyone in this yeah. sports world? Um, I wouldn't say it's easy. What I will say is in sports, one, 
it's like everything is going to be different. So you think you're going to get a certain shot, but you probably won't because like if I'm out shooting at training, like this has happened before. I'm shooting at training. I'm shooting a piece on goalkeeper specifically. And I have in mind how I think I want the piece to go, but the goalkeepers might not do the drill that I anticipated them doing that whole day. So I don't get the shot that I want, you know? And so you have to like completely work around that. And in that sense, working in sports, like you're going to just make something that you didn't anticipate in the beginning anyway. Um, That's true. That's a good point, Josh. She's, she's, she's shooting like real life over here. Okay. She's not shooting some stage shit. No, but everyone knows, man, if you're talented, if, if you're talented as Lauren is you, you see, you see the shots set like three or four shots ahead. Right. And you're like, I'm trying to make the world figure into this little puzzle, but control, you know, control. Control, control. Dream the future. Um, <laughs> but I think as far as interviews go, um, I don't think I've had like any 911 uh, experiences yet. Luckily, when I had Vince working with me, he always just knew how to like drag something out of someone, you know? So if someone did- Vince, Vince, yeah. we love you, Vince. Yeah. Drag it out, drag it out, Vince. Drag it out. So if we were looking for something that maybe we wanted, and we didn't quite get it yet. He knows how to word something to ask them again. So I think it's nice. just working with what you've got and trying to manipulate the situation a way you can to build that vision that you did have in the beginning. But working in sports, it's probably not going to go the way that you thought it would yeah. <laughs> 98% of the time. Spending spending this much time behind the camera on this side of the lens, et cetera, et cetera. Um, does it change how you like watch movies and TV shows? Do you find yourself not like able to enjoy the storylines or the acting as much? Cause you're just like, dude, why is the director like hitting this from the worst angle imaginable? It changes like how I live life, seriously. <laughs> like no joke. Like I'll be sitting on my couch, like looking out my back door and I'll just be like, that's such a beautiful shot right there. Like how, <laughs> like, I, I just live life literally through a camera lens. So it's yeah. really frustrating watching videos or movies rather because not so much even looking at the shot, but thinking like, how did they get that shot? And then I'll go and research and be like, how did they get this shot in this movie? And then I'll see it. But I just like, I'll watch a movie and just constantly be thinking, how'd they do this? How'd they do that? What did they do to get that? And so like, that's a nightmare because you can't turn yeah. it off. You just literally cannot turn it off. Do you find yourself or are there directors, DPs, like types of series or film that you've like fall in love with more and more, like the more you've gone in your career? Like, are there, you got some favorites? You know, it's terrible to say, not um, really any new ones. I like Spielberg. He just makes me happy. He's just, just a good guy. <laughs> like Spielberg films but with that being said I will say you know when I watch new series on like Netflix or something and like the intros that they'll have I will take like ideas from these intros of these series and try to incorporate that in how I might make a new video for something that we're doing at LAFC so you know video is constantly evolving so I think that it's really cool just having this like large access to just hundreds and hundreds of different series um, because, you know, I'll find myself like texting one of our video guys, like, go watch this like intro on whatever show, like we should try to do something mm. like that. So, um, yeah, not really one in particular, but yeah. yeah. 
I my secret is I just watch the first episode of every new series that everyone's talking about, and then I can just guess what's gonna happen in the rest of them because this shit's so predictable. Come on, writers, get your shit together. Josh Spice, oh come on, get God. on there and start writing, bro. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. Right. I just don't want to invest. I don't want to invest the time that it takes to like watch four seasons of Get the Hell Out or whatever the hell shows kids are watching these days. Um, I get that, but can anyone agree with me and this has actually been driving me insane is there is this fad since true detective came out where every freaking intro to a show is like that like slow like zoned in on a like subject and then it like over like yeah and i'm just like freaking true detective did it really well one time just let them have it you guys don't all have to do it the same way like, right, well, i think you guys are all crazy because there's a fucking skip intro button right on the screen. <laughs> what are you guys doing watching intros fucking serial killers i used to i used to wage war in my house about watching the intro i actually enjoy the repetitive aspect of watching an intro again and again each time like Attack on Titan, I'm a, for the anime fans out there, Attack on Titan's intro, I love watching it because it will like switch for per season or whatever. And shout out Jeffrey. Jeffrey would always, he's just like, dude, what's wrong with you? Like he would get mad and we'd get in fights and somebody would leave the room and wouldn't even be able to watch it together because I just wanted to watch that 30 second intro or whatever it is. It's actually, usually anime intros are like a minute 30 because like they go hard with the intros on anime. Well, there's clues, there's clues. Yeah, but you're about to watch the anime. What the fuck do you need clues for? You're going to see it, you psycho. <laughs> when the when the intro comes back around, though, that's a constant reminder of, like, what a lazy piece of crap I am for still being on the couch and knowing, like, is this the fourth intro I've seen tonight? Like, I should probably stop right now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I Like, shout out, like, 90s sitcom intros because we know all those songs from, like, Fresh Prince to Full House to... You know, if you guys got deep in the bag, like California Dreams, you know what I mean? Spice, do you have, are you intros or no intro? Are you team intro or team get the hell out of here with those intros? I, I like intros. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I try to watch uh, at least up to like episode six. I'll watch the intros. It'll, it'll uh, remind me of some good things. I'm sure we want to change the subject, but just literally on the nose, uh, in 2019, I was so obsessed with Cheers, the sitcom. I was like watching it all the way through that I made an intro, like we're back, like Cheers video for LAFC. And like Jeff Parrish made an LAFC like intro in the Cheers font. We ended up having to take it down because of uh, legal rights, but. Boo. Uh, we Boo know the, we boo the man. We need like the deep cuts. We need the deep cuts. The the two the two hot for the internet like LAFC archive video access where okay. we can just see all these the the cheers the off brand stuff that you know someone just needs to dump them in a bin behind the LAFC offices secretly and someone else will come and grab them and yeah. upload them on a separate account. Patreon, Patreon, Patreon. Patreon. <laughs> prophecy, prophecy, prophecy. It's called, it's called my desktop honestly that's what it is Lauren's desktop. All right, so we gotta just go jack lauren's desktop we're, <laughs> yeah we're Lauren just, just like be like oh i don't know where did that hard drive go that i got in the mail just let us know if it's insured because you know we're not trying to cost the club anymore. no no that's what i'm saying well, i'm just gonna give her a hard drive. yeah like randomly like, let us know like oh it's insured then it might you know <laughs> no, our dumb our dumb asses would be like zoolander be like it's in the computer and, the <laughs> monitor and, shit. and then we're like we got it it's all in here Oh my gosh you know what i want to do that i 
wanted to keep doing at the end of last year and I've forgotten is I want to do recommendations. Can we do recommendations, Ooh. guys? Can we do recommendations to close things out tonight? Everyone, you can think of one, two, three. I don't care how many things you want to recommend, but and it doesn't have to be movies, although that's what we're talking about. It could be music. It could be food. It could be uh, activities to do while we thaw, continue the, the thaw of this long winter that we're in. Um, does that sound good? Yes. Josh? Josh, you want to go first? You got a recommendation? I know you've been watching stuff. I've been watching things, things I've been watching. Uh, I am on HBO right now. Just HBO finished. is shit right now. They are yeah. shitting on all the other streaming platforms. It's, it's, oh shit. Um, damn, I have so many shit. shit. Okay, okay, shit, shit. You said HBO's shitting on yeah. all the other streaming HBO platforms? HBO, because right now they get uh, the new releases of like a lot of the movies that are supposed to go straight to theaters too. I think my recommendation is HBO too, so... Well, we're done with the show. Let me, Bye, let me guys. See if I, let me see if I can. Oh, HBO. HBO, love us. No. Um, HBO. Okay. I'm going to give you, let's see, two ones. Euphoria, Rue's episode. I just saw Rue's episode. It's really, um, it takes place all on, pretty much all inside a, a diner. I love dialogue that just kind of snaps like that. It's incredible. Zendaya is incredible. Damn, Malcolm and Marie comes out on Friday, my birthday, to remind me of how fucking single I am. So I'm um, looking forward to that as well. Zendaya, the god. And um, lonely boys for life. Let's go, Sam and I. We can't hey. even talk to each other no more because he had the vid. But HBO also, I started watching Industry. I do not like Wall Street, but these guys um, do cocaine so casually, and I, it just makes me want that lifestyle, you know? Industry. I'm in spice. Come on. I thought you were the golden child here. He wants nah, dark, nah, spice, nah. dark spice, dark, dark spice, dark spice. Sugar. And uh, I've been watching, dude. I, I know we said HBO, we're big enough HBO, but. WandaVision on Disney Plus. I'm having a good time, man. It's, it's uh, pretty <laughs> fun time. right now. I really wanted to watch that. I haven't started it yet. Recommended. Okay. Who's next? Lauren, you want to go? Yes, I'll go. Um, it's Hulu. I just remembered. So Hulu. Sponsor FC, FC. Hey. Yeah. Uh, Fargo. I, ah. I'm a little late. I did just recently watch the other seasons but the newest season just came out so that's why i started it again um I so just, with fargo like every every season is like a new storyline right yeah but they somehow kind of intertwine okay yeah but i i love martin freeman like oh love him so huge fan yeah fargo he's stealing our job he's stealing these american jobs we have enough <laughs> Freaking white collar schmucks out here to do his job. Martin Freeman's coming over, coming over the pond out here. He can do what he wants. He can do but the whatever new season he of Fargo wants. is Chris Rock, right? Isn't Chris Rock? Yeah, Chris Rock's in the newest one, so um, it's pretty good. It's a good one. Hell yeah, that's a good recommendation. All right, Slim, hit him with the brecky. Um, for anybody that that loves sad boy music like me, um, that has left the the rap world for its overaggression and just wants to chill out a little bit on some R&B. Uh, Jasmine Sullivan. If, if yeah, you're going through a breakup right now and whatever stage of it in your, you're in, whether you're, you're enraged and you want to smash his windows or you're on your fly shit and fuck him or whatever, you know what I mean? Whatever you going through your breakups, Jasmine Sullivan has a song for you. Jasmine Sullivan. What, what song do I like by her? It's uh, uh, what you, all of them. Uh, I bust your windows was the one that you know uh, all yeah, the yeah. all the angry exes was bumping. Uh, right mm -hmm. now, 
either lost one or pick up your feeling. She has that new song with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for for the girls that like are like having a lot of sex during quarantine, on it is like you know what I mean. Like that's the one. <laughs> I, I can't really bump that one because she's talking about some shit where I'm just like, whoa, like it's weird for me to be like jamming out to this, but you know, Jasmine Sullivan, baby, like she's whoo fire. <laughs> I see Anderson Pack on the new record, hotels, I mean, hotels spelled with a H E A U X. Oh, that's the name Ooh, of the record. How fresh. 2021 release. I think I haven't even listened to any albums that have come out in 2021 yet. Anyways, those are all great wrecks. Spice, I just saw the Euphoria, the that special episode. I, I co-signed I co-signed Josh's recommendation on that. My recommendation is going to be dun dun dun. I think HB I'm gonna stick with the HBO Max spirit here uh for those of you who are into animated things and might not be aware the reason i signed up for hbo max is they did get the entire studio ghibli collection on hbo max so every miyazaki movie is on there spirited away all the if you if you like if you don't know what what the hell i'm talking about it's if you like walt disney movies and that sort of vibe there's a japanese animator director who does everything by hand Hayao Miyazaki, who most people know him from Spirited Away, but he has many, many movies, Porco Rosso, Princess Mononoke, all these movies that have kind of stretched, I think, since like the 80s. And um, ironically, the one the one that isn't on it is he his first film was Lupin the Third, which now there's a Lupin in Netflix, which is filmed from a in France. It's in French and it's like based on the same like gentleman spy or whatever. That's a, whole tangent that I'm not going to go down too far, but Hayao Miyazaki, HBO Max, Studio Ghibli, his son's movies are on there too. I think they're releasing their first like 3D movie. Like we're, we're recording this in early February sometime like this week. It does not look great that one. So watch all the old ones and uh, yeah, sign up for HBO Max, HBO sponsor the pod. That's all I got. Look at the shots. They got shots. If you, if you're into cinematography and you're into like, the way that shots are organized, I feel like Miyazaki does an incredible job of choosing. I can't, I mean, some people, you might get sick of blades of grass, like blowing in the breeze. That happens a lot in his movies, but I feel like there's some certain scenes that just don't don't come up in like a lot of Western animation styles. Um, All right, well, I, I'm going to stay in the same lane and do another one because since everyone there had you go. A, We're just going Max Rec. Yeah. Um, Warrior is a show that was originally written by Bruce Lee and then his uh, daughter went ahead and like kind of spruced up the script or finished it up or whatever it is. But, you know, it's it's a very Asian cast, um, which is something a little newer. Um, So, you know, shout out the show. But, you know, a lot of new Asian actors, you might get a little bit of bad acting in there. Just overlook that shit. It is what it is, y'all. San Francisco, (laughs) San Francisco, middle of 18... hundreds 1850 it's kind of yeah. cool it's kind of a cool time period gold rush beginning of california all that that kind of town yes sir and uh this has been another episode of the fcfc pod we appreciate y'all for tuning in and thank you hopefully... lauren thank hey, you lauren. yeah uh is there any actually before we ended up is there any social media handles or anything that you want to share oh wow okay twitter at lauren terry uh instagram <sighs> at lauren terry media hey hey look at that 
We out here spreading the gospel, y'all. Lauren, once again, thank you very much. And hopefully we see y'all back next week. FCFC. FC, FC. FCFC. FC, FC. FCFC. FC, FC. 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 FC, FC